Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And find us at Podcast One, brought to you in part by Whitefish Golf in Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints, and by Holiday Stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Thanks to all our sponsors. Chris Foley with me. Chris, how you feeling, man? I'm doing well, Mac. It's, uh, we've had a little sunshine and... Uh, it's uh, it's amazing what that does to your disposition. So. Boy, it turns Minnesota in a hurry. You know, you, already people are going, you know, I haven't even played yet or I haven't even got my dock in yet. And I'm thinking, well, 15 days ago you couldn't put a dock in. <laughs> so no, that's right. We're not, we're not that far behind. It's just a late, a late season for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Golf world full of news. Uh PGA Championship this week. One of our segments today is uh, regarding that from Southern Hills. Uh, another segment with the uh, director of golf down there. You're good pal, Chris. Yeah, Kerry Cosby. We've got it uh, very appropriate for the week with uh, a nice preview of some of the uh, some of the things he talks about with the golf course and some of the changes we made. So it'll be a good conversation. The two are kind of sweeping through uh, the. Uh, South uh, played Texas there, the Byron Nelson, and uh, boy, uh, the guys are the guys uh, aren't bothered by a little wind and heat in uh, Texas and uh, Texas and uh, Tulsa. So this should be quite interesting. The boys really went low uh, this year at the Byron Nelson. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, we we talked about uh, last week. We talked about Tony Finau shooting ten under, but uh, gosh, I mean, if you look at the leaderboard here last weekend. Um, uh, K.H. Lee shoots uh, nine under, uh, 61 in the final round to, uh, or excuse me, nine under 63 the final round to nip Jordan Spieth by one. Uh, you think if you shoot five under like Spieth did in the final round, you're you typically going to have a pretty good chance to win if you're the leader. Yeah. Uh, Hideki Mach- Hideki Machiano shoots ten under the final round. Uh, Xander Shoffley shoots 11 under the final round. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, uh, those numbers are just crazy. And uh, you and I were talking off air, they actually set a, a record for Saturday and Sunday for the number of uh, birdies on the PGA Tour. So 83 players made the cut, Mac, and there were 2,234 birdies made on Saturday and Sunday. So it, 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 to, I, that, that number, I... I I had to go do the math on that to see if that could possibly be correct, but it uh, it, it it is correct, and I, I, it's uh, that's amazing. That is totally amazing. Yeah. I think the so uh, it, it, if you get a soft golf course or you know relatively soft where the greens are taking shots very easily with uh, with smooth greens and little wind, uh, these guys are going to take it really low. Yeah, and uh, it kind of leads into this week, and uh, boy, I mean, we say it a lot of times, but I think this year, maybe more than ever, the best players in the world are all playing such good golf right now. It seems like everybody's just on these birdie runs like crazy, but uh, there won't be that many birdies at Southern Hills as there was this last week. (laughs) No, I think, you know, um, if you look historically for Southern Hills, you know, somewhere between a couple under and, and five, six over is one, uh, the majority of majors there. And so it's obviously a, a, 
very stern test. Uh, and it'll be very interesting to see how it plays this year. It's, it's going to be a much different golf course when they played uh, the PGA there in, in, in 2007. It's, uh, you know, they've removed, as we'll hear Kerry Cosby talk about, they've removed a lot of trees. Uh, they, they've restored the chipping and, you know, kind of chipping and pitching areas around the green to what uh, kind of the original intent of, of the architect had been Perry Maxwell. And uh, it, 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 I think people are really going to enjoy watching the watching the tournament. And it's uh, you know the the greens the the grass is really short around the greens. There's a lot of runoff, and I think it's really going to favor a player who is is great around the greens with those type of shots. So. Yeah, going to be a real variety of guys who maybe with it uh, <clears throat> cut so close like that. A lot of guys who. Uh, may play it low, putt sometimes. Other guys who can uh, do a lot of things with their short game. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, you know because of the variety in the runoff, you're going to see a lot of guys that have to hit these you know big, high, soft flop shots. But then you know if you, if if you miss, those are going to be the short sided shots. But then if you if you miss it, you know on the on the fat side of the green and a, and you get these huge runoffs, you're going to see a lot more. You know, little bump and run type chip shots where you're, they're using the ground and, and see a lot of uh, you know kind of reminiscent of, of what you see more in Lynx golf with a lot of uh, slope and undulation and where the ground game becomes so important. Yeah, was it Martin Keimer who won the tournament uh, U, a U.S. Open on a? Uh, uh, I don't think he right. ever ever chipped during the tournament, did he? If I no, if I remember he, right. He did. I think you're right if I remember that too. Yeah, just putted for four days because <laughs> he and he was notoriously a bad chipper, so pretty good advantage for him in that particular Open, U.S. Open. No question, no question. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ, also uh, com. Thanks in part to our sponsors, Mills Automotive Group since 1922, this year celebrating 100 years in the Lakes area. We're back with more after this. And we're back on Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And find us on Podcast One, a great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. Really, you can find us wherever you go and get your own podcast. Brought to you in part by Craigan's Legacy Courses, home of the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Lehman 18. And also Ernie's on Gull, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake, open year-round with at 11 o'clock with uh, deck and patio seating. Ernie's, your happy place. Well, lots of golf uh, in the news with the week of the PGA Championship and just uh, news in general, some controversial stuff. Uh, LIV certainly in the golf news again uh, just about every day, especially with so many prominent players at the PGA. They're all asked to... Uh, uh, weigh in with their opinions, and most of them are t- taking a wait and see. In some cases, uh, certainly a lot of them have been approached. They haven't they haven't talked a lot about their own experience with LIV, but uh, uh, a lot of wait and see stuff. But the PGA standing pretty firm and almost getting more and more firm in their stance about any players who do go play in LIV events. Boy, it's uh, it's it is an interesting time in the world of professional golf, Mac. It's uh, you know, you think of the game as is having so much civility to it. Yeah. But right now, there, right now, there is uh, there is a lot of controversy 
a lot of things happening in the world of golf. If you look at, uh, you know, between Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman, and, um, you know, you've got LIV Golf, which is, uh, you know, has really created a lot of controversy with, uh, you know, kind of the perceived sports washing. And then you take uh, the Premier Golf League, which has taken a little different approach. The, uh, the PGA Tour is definitely in a position where they're having to, you know, fend off a lot of people and has created a lot of divides among players. And um, it, it, it's very interesting times. And um, Yeah, Michael uh, Bamberger uh, in, a, in a piece wrote uh, that, that Nick, he had reported that Nicholas had been targeted for the role that Greg Norman has with LIV. And as quoted Nicholas saying, I was offered something like in excess of $100 million by the Saudis to do the job probably similar to the one Greg is doing, Nicholas said in the article. I turned it down once verbally, once in writing. I said, guys, I have to stay with the PGA Tour. I helped start the PGA Tour. So it's kind of those kind of feelings, and that's kind of similar things to what Tiger said yesterday about his loyalty and long-term uh, history, which you're a big fan of, Chris, and love so much, and uh, I think everybody does. The, you know, do the majors become less significant if you've got competing leagues and that kind of thing? I want the majors to stay the majors myself. Yeah, you know, it. Um, the, the, the PGA Tour has a long, you know, great history to it, and you know the the European tour to an extra extent, and then you've got these these secondary tours around the world. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the competition between tours or or having a you know some type of, type of competing league. But when you, um, I think when when it is detrimental to the other tours, and and you know, takes away some of the tradition in, in of of tournament golf. Then you've got uh, uh, then you then you have a little bit of, of you know you're going to have some conflict. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so, sometimes sometimes that conflict creates something better. Uh, but I think in in the case of of the Saudis, I, I think it's uh, you know they're they're trying to. They're trying to, to create a different perception than what uh, what they actually have, you know are and have done, and um, so it's uh, it, it, it's it's hard to blame guys for going after the money. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's uh, you know, do you, do you where are the the ethics and the moral morals of of what's being done? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it is tough. It's uh, and it's the competitive aspect Tiger brought up, which was I thought was interesting. You know, if it's he didn't say it, but if you read between the lines, you know, if you're paying me two million bucks to show up, uh, do I really care if I win or not? You know, kind of, kind of, you know, if just pay to play kind of thing. If you're paying Phil or whoever else, they get millions of dollars up front just to play. do they really need to compete for the money, or is it just it, it takes some of the competitive aspect out if they're pay, if they're playing for money, which it's their livelihood. Yeah, there's a lot to that, and, and you know, regardless of what profession you're in, you're you're always 
going to go after the money probably in most cases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the biggest difference between the PGA Tour and the other tours in the world and the, and the European Tour today is that the, the European Tour has always allowed appearance fees. And dating back to, you know, Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer and, and Gary Player, those those guys went and played in in European tour events because of appearance fees, and the Australian tour was really built on that same model as well. The, the PGA tour has never allowed, you know, a, official uh, appearance fees, and sponsors have gotten away with it a little bit. If you look at RBC and the players that are sponsored by RBC, the two t- the two tournaments of the RBC. Sponsors on the PGA Tour are there's a you know a dozen players in the field that are all sponsors and endorsed by RBC. So they're not paying direct appearance fees, but they are sponsoring those players, and that's you know probably an unwritten rule in their contact that they have to go. But the PGA Tour has never uh, never endorsed. They've never allowed appearance fees, which the other tours of the world always have. Yeah, and um, Gosh, I mean, they, to to give these to give a player, I mean, they're talking about twenty million dollars in some cases for for these guys to show up. That's it's uh, a lot of money. It'd be hard hard not to think about it. Well, it certainly would. Yeah, yeah. I might even leave for twenty million. Well, I I, I heard you were holding out, and they offered you ten back, and you were holding out for more. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. We'll be back with more on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, and also find us at Podcast One, brought your way in part by Holiday Stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue, also by Emily Green's, home of the largest green in the universe. It's all about fun at Emily Green's. We had a good conversation with Kerry Cosby. He's the director of golf at Southern Hills, the site of this week's PGA Championship. Extraordinary that we got him. Chris uh, did a, a superhuman effort to get him. Now back to uh, part of that interview that we did not have time for last week. Kerry Cosby on some of the conditions we might run into this week at the PGA Championship. You know, Kerry, the, the, the four other PGA Championships you've hosted have been in, in August, which... August in Tulsa might be the one of the hottest places in the world, and we're most humid for sure. And Certainly. How yeah, do you, yeah. what, what, what do you expect the differences, uh, you know, a couple weeks compared to August and how the – just how the golf course is going to present itself and play and all No question. It's going to be vastly different, right? So, um, you know, the, the summer months, uh, you know, July and, and August are pretty, are pretty tough around here from a – heat and humidity standpoint as, as we've all seen with the with the previous PGA, especially the I think the 07. I was watching the replay of that on Golf Channel last night. I think they said it was the hottest major championship in history. Uh, and it was probably only probably only beat the um, the 1958 US Open here, <laughs> what they call the Blast Furnace Open. <laughs> um, but um, so, you know, in in August it's hot, it's not as windy and the and the rough is really, really dense and kind of uh, sticky and tough, and and in May, you know, the average temperature is going to be kind of low to mid 80s. Uh, should be a little bit windier. The golf course will be super super green <clears throat> um, and really vibrant at that time. It hadn't had any summer stress, you know, that we get 
there. So, um, and it, it's really going to be, well, I think the biggest change probably, or the biggest difference is that it's not likely that we'll have wind from the same direction all four days in May. In August, it's going to blow from the south if it blows, uh, but it's not going to ever be a north wind in, in the summer months. It'll just be south or by southwest most of the time, and it could blow a little bit or it could blow a lot. But in May, I mean, it could easily blow 15 to 25 out of the south one day and 15 to 20 out of the north the following day and just keep flip-flopping back and forth depending on what's kind of coming through. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to – Selfishly, I'd like to have it one day where it's pretty starched. Uh, the flags are out there, kind of ripping around. But, but also, I want the you know I want it to be fun for everybody to watch to see some see some great golf too, because it's pretty tough when the wind blows around here. But uh, hopefully, it's and we should. It wouldn't be. We we probably are going to get some rain sometime during that week uh, of some sort. Last year during the senior, which is the same time we had we had uh, it was. It was dry all week except for Thursday night. We had a storm blow through Thursday afternoon, uh, took everybody off the golf course, and then it was perfect the rest of the weekend. So we probably will have rain. Hopefully it's not, you know, like, you know, not a three- or four-day deal or no tornadoes or anything like that. <laughs> I don't want people, if we have tornadoes and, you know, we get those kind of storms after, like, the PGA and 115-degree heat index and then tornadoes in oh, May. Boy. Like, why do these people live here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <right. laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't want that. We don't want that at all. But uh, no. uh, So, anyway, but it, it should be a vastly different golf course uh, than what the players have seen in the past. Um, uh, and hopefully it's firm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really a, a, a cool, fun golf course. It is regardless, but – I know the membership and, and uh, me personally would love to see it playing firm and fast where they, they get some of the, the roll-offs and the, and um, the, every, we don't have rough around the greens. So it's, um, you know, a ball that in a lot of places would just be a pace or two off the green could be 10 yards, 20 yards, 50 yards in some cases off the green, depending on uh, what type of shots hit in there. So it could, it could pose some real challenges when it's just tightly mown. Uh, we just go. We just mow from tee, fairway, green surround right into the next tee. We don't. We don't have any. Rough. We have rough, but it's only on the, only a fairway. I, I saw a video not too long ago that I, that I think the fried egg did. About, fried egg guys uh, were here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and gosh, the green surrounds just look so cool. I I, I can't wait to see it on TV. And they uh, they are really you know, cool. The, yeah. Go ahead. The, the 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 other big difference that uh, you know the, for the players will be the the golf course has been restored recently by Gil Hans, correct? Correct. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And really it, neat, neat work. So, Fun to work with him as well. So how how, how much different is it? Is, what what did what did Gil do to the golf course compared to you know what it was before? So. Uh, the, starting with the tee, so that, that we made the golf course, we can we can stretch it out to almost 7,600 yards for 70, but we can also play it at like 4,600 yards, you know, for uh, you know the member that wants to play way up there. So, um, and, and so our, we don't really have like tee boxes, as you would say. We just have teeing areas, and they and they they're kind of blend into the fairway, so it's much more natural looking into the ground. Um, and then everywhere that was a there was any kind of water that was in a pipe underground it was exposed and recreated as a creek the way it was originally so we have wow. we have um, 
the creek that goes through the property, you probably saw that with the fried egg yeah. um, videos. It just kind of it basically takes property from the east side to the uh, west side of the property. Uh, so that's all recreated, and it's it, it's amazing to look at um, that the stuff that had been here before, and the stuff that Gil and Jim Wagner and his team, their team, did wow. to uh, make it look like it's been here all along. And uh, it's really, really impressive uh, to to see because you can't tell the difference between uh, where where Mother Nature and and uh, uh, was was doing work and then where Gil and, and Jim were doing work. So it, it's it's really cool. So that that's a big change aesthetically. Probably won't come into play a ton. Uh, it, it could on a few holes, but and then um, it comes in it comes in play a lot for everyday play out here. But I'm saying these the guys that are going to be playing here in a couple of weeks that may not come to as much. But uh, all the bunkers are much more natural looking, kind of set into the ground, uh, not as steep a face. We had the real high flashed up uh, faces like uh, Augusta. We'd had that for a long, long time. So we put them a little more natural looking as they would with Maxwell. And then probably the main, the main deal is, is, uh, is the green complexes. So the Maxwell rolls, if you, if you study the architecture, uh, doesn't just mean the interior contours of the greens. It also means the edges. So, you know, what I, what I've learned, I know, Chris, I know your background with golf, too, with, you know, the, the great architects out there. They built, when they built the green complex, they built it all at once. And so it had much softer edges and roll-off, and, and uh, the tie-ins were much more, like I'd call rounded, you know. So a ball that, that gets going in the wrong direction can roll, and in our case, without having any rough around the greens, can roll quite a ways. Um, sure. So you can... Yeah, it's, it's really a, it, it, and it provides a lot of cool options around the greens too. You can keep the ball on the ground, the pitch it up in the air, and everything in between. Uh, that'll be neat. You know, it, with all those uh, roll-offs and that, if you do get some really windy days, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see where those golf balls end up when they miss the. Game. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, I, I I've I've seen it firsthand. I've <laughs> experienced it firsthand. <laughs> As, as of every, you know, they use uh, they enhance as a verb. Uh, you being being enhanced is what the <laughs> membership will call it. And so it's his name is turned into a verb. He laughs about that when we tell him that. But uh, um, but it's yeah, it's uh, the edges. It's really more of Maxwell to be to be you know candid. I know that Gil would tell tell you the same thing that kind of recreating the the, um, the edges of the greens and the and the surrounds. So um, uh, a shot that's not hit correctly or has too much spin or not you know whatever it is it's going to be um it's going to be repelled basically is how it how it looks carry one of the unique and cool things about this tournament chris and i've certainly talked about it is um some of your guys uh, colleagues will be coming in from around the country some pga professionals any right any guys that you uh, know pretty well or that are coming into play yeah you know uh a couple of the there's a couple of assistant professionals from uh uh, from Texas that I know well. I know that I know Nick Ishi um, from Preston Trail. Cameron Doan, one of the great club pros in the country, as as Chris knows, uh, the director of golf at Preston Trail in Dallas. One of his assistant professionals uh, qualified, finished uh, I think ninth or tenth in the tournament. So he's coming up next week for some practice rounds. Um, and, you know, that's always that's a really cool aspect of of this of what the PGA Championship is to have twenty. PGA members, guys that uh, are out there growing the game and teaching the game and 
um, taking care of the, the golfer on a daily basis, but also can play the game. Uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, reward for them uh, to come in and, and, and get to play in a major championship like that. And so, and as, as uh, if you really look at it, um, even though they're up against it, not having as much tournament experience in, in most cases, or, or certainly haven't been playing in tournament golf the way these guys that they're playing against have, but these guys can all really, really, really go. And uh, they're, they're great players in their own right. And uh, I think that's one of the things that gets lost a little bit, especially with the social media, is that these 20 that are coming in here, uh, you know, they, they work on it. Most of them work on a daily basis. In case, there's a couple that may be former tour pros. But but, uh, but for the most case, these guys are, you know, they're, they're teaching lessons and, and clinics and playing golf with members and setting up, setting up tournaments and, you know, shirt folders, as they, as they like to say on, on our social media and things of that nature. And they, uh, and then they, but they also, they have, they have some game and, uh, but you would, you know, to, to play well in tournament, you have to have some tournament rounds. In. Uh, we, we talk about this a lot with the tournament guys. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's a, um, I know they're not coming here saying it's ceremonial, but it's, it's a darn good, um, uh, reward for being a great player. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we continue to do that because it's certainly still the best field and, in uh, major championship golf, uh, regardless. Yeah, I, I hope that the, we as the PGA never take takes that away. And um, I, I love the that now the Club Pro or the CPC is is close to the PGA Championship because you're getting guys who, right who just played really well and are coming into the week playing really well. And hopefully, correct hopefully a few of those yeah. guys make the cut and. It'll be, be fun to watch. Yeah, no, and you know, uh, these guys were just playing on Bermuda grass and in wind down in Austin. So I think yes. that's going to help them, uh, you know, quite a bit. Played on the same type of grass, and uh, not surprising that there are some guys from Texas that qualified just because they're used to the used to some wind and used to used to Bermuda. Because it's as you know, it's different, uh, especially the pitching. You know, pitching and chipping yeah. off of different types of grasses. It's uh, uh, it's certainly a, a challenge if you're not doing it week in week out. That's another part of our conversation with Kerry Cosby, Director of Golf at Southern Hills in Tulsa, the site of this week's PGA Championship. We were lucky to get him, and uh, you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. We're streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. You can also find us at Podcast One and really look around wherever you find your podcast. You can find Lakes, Woods, and Irons, brought your way in part by Maury's Seafood Markets in uh, Baxter and Motley, the finest walleye, smoked fish, herring, and seafood. As Paul says, eat more fish. And by the Gravel Pit Golf, uh, Brainerd's uh, latest golf experience, newest golf experience. Stop in and see uh, Chuck and the guys at Gravel Pit Golf. Should be fun. You were at their event on uh, uh, last Friday night, Chris. Yeah, gosh, they had a great grand opening there, and it was great to see a lot of... uh a lot of local people uh, there had a nice band and uh, kind of showed off with the, the, the golf course. The putting course is really cool. And, uh, yeah, just a great view from the clubhouse. It, uh, great great way to spend a, a late Friday afternoon going out there and just sitting out on the, uh, on the patio around the fire pit and, and uh, watching people play a little golf and having a little adult beverage there, man. Sure. Talk smart, but, uh, stuff like that, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a great great place to go hang out even if you're uh, even if you're not going to play golf. 
Chris, we've talked a lot about your profession, of course, over the years, and, and what a great profession it is, and so many guests we've had are acquaintances of yours, long time, lifetime in some cases. But, uh, man, you guys are busy. I had a, just, uh, just trying to set things up for the month or so ahead, a little conversation with Mark Johnson at Breezy and Josh Dahl out at Eagles, Greg Gamble, Sedlowski, uh, Dave at Rutgers, uh, Steve over at Whitefish, and they all say the same thing, you know. Can't can't do it today, uh, this week. Too busy. So you're in that you're in that same boat out uh, out where you are, Chris. Yeah, we're it's it's interesting, Mike. We're we're all golf has has uh, you know definitely on the upswing, like we've talked about since uh, since COVID, and and uh, so everybody is busier than they've ever been as far as rounds of golf go, or as busy as they've ever been. And people have, uh, just like every other business, where we, everybody has less staff and they're having a hard time finding staff. And so the, you get times like this where the season is, is condensed and everybody's just uh, scrambling just to keep up. So uh, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, but it's, uh, it also makes it, uh, you know, the thing, the thing we love so much about uh, the profession, it uh, just puts more more pressure on you, and you don't get to do a lot of the things that you you enjoy doing as much as you do in this profession. So yeah, kind of the kind of uh, things still, you look forward to. Yeah, still very fortunate to be what, do what we do, though. Yeah, I also bumped into uh, Glenn Hagberg again this week just by chance, and uh, uh, Glenn's the same way, you know, always running like you are and always a smile on his face it's uh I, I see the, the guys and gals in the golf industry i i sure do enjoy it and maybe some future guys and gals in the golf industry we'll talk a little bit about uh you're involved with uh, so many young people in your teaching chris and uh, uh the boys and girls high school team when we talked with jeremy a, a month or so back there i uh, hadn't had much time to get on the course and even after that interview it was another short while before they did get out there then they played in some pretty bad weather, so the scores were, uh, at least the box score in the paper looked higher than probably the uh, <laughs> it would be. But uh, those kids, uh, the games come on, they have to in this part of the country. We're used to it. You get back on the course, and it doesn't take too long to start to be, get back in form. No, they, uh, both the boys and girls are, are, are really starting to play some, some good golf. Uh, uh, I'm really impressed with the, the boys' scores, the Brainerd boys, as well as Gosh, Pequot's shooting some some great scores as well, and um, you know it, we've talked about the level of play before. But uh, you know, it, ten years ago, if you, if if you would have shot uh, like the Brainerd boys, I think shot three twenty or three twenty two a couple couple meets ago, yeah, you would have you would have won the won the tournament or won the meet, and uh, you know Brainerd's finishing second or third shooting those scores, but. The uh, the potential is there, and and the girls the same thing. They they haven't been able to to you know, kind of get past Alexandria yet this spring, but uh, they're definitely uh, trending in the right direction. And they get some good weather, and um, you know some nicer conditions, and they're shooting some really nice scores. So you know, as we speak, the the Brainerd girls have their uh, the Brainerd invite going on at the Classic, and. Uh, uh, through about nine holes, they've got a, a nice lead on, on Detroit Lakes and, and Pequot. So hopefully they hold on for that and get uh, their first win of the season. We've done a couple of segments over the years when uh, interviewed some of the kids that are on their way to state, both boys and girls. Hopefully we could 
do that again. Uh, we talked with, with Jeremy, and uh, Alex has been uh, just in front of the boys as well. Both, I think both teams in one meet finished second, and then the Alexandria boys and girls finished first. So it could very well be that one of our teams gets to state, and uh, and then uh, some players on either side could certainly go. That would, would kind of be an upset if we don't send some, I guess, girls in particular. We have uh, certainly some of the top ten players in the section, I would think. Yeah, I, I, hopefully, uh, you know, they peak at the right time. They've just got a couple weeks of the season left, which is hard to believe. Uh, the season's gotten so condensed because of the weather. But, uh, you know, if if neither team qualifies for state, they both have a very good chance with the, as, as much potential and the players that they have. I think we'll, we, we should send uh, several t- players from both teams as individuals. And uh, it's, a, it's a hard sport to qualify as an individual because they only take, uh, they only take the low five of the team that doesn't qualify. Right. Only one team from a section and then the low five individuals not on that team. So, um, but, uh, you know, gosh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, potentially really the, all the girls that are in the, on the, on the top five of the Brainerd team have an opportunity to go. And, uh, you know, I think the same thing with the boys. Yeah. It's really been uh, fun to watch. And like you said, the Pequot Lakes team is playing great golf. So lots of good golf in the area. What do you see in uh, Chris early season wise? You team guys and gals get a couple weeks in, couple weeks of league under their belt. Are there common uh, uh, common things that people need to work on at this time of the year? You know, it, it, it's it's kind of the same thing as as always. You got to work on your uh, you know your approach play. If you if you focus on you know 125 yards to 175 yards when you're uh, you know when you're hitting iron shots. And and really focus on those yardages because if you're if you're playing the appropriate tees, you're going to find that that's where a good sixty to seventy percent of your approach play is from is is those yardages. And then uh, you know just work on it. if you can work on solid contact with the driver, and then chipping and pitching and you know spend a little bit of time on each of those, you're going to play very well. Speaking of tees, just briefly, uh, moving up, I'm for for instance, I'm getting into my mid sixties, and uh, always was hesitant to certainly very hesitant to give up the blues, and then uh, and then uh, you know the golds are probably uh, probably not too far off in my distant future, Chris. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, I I uh, we we all we all tend to get caught up in playing farther back than we need to. And, uh, you know, there was a movement a couple of years ago, you know, tee it forward. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's fun, especially if you play at the same golf course all the time, it's fun to just, it's fun to mix it up and play up a set of tees and, uh, or play back a set of tees occasionally. But, you know, the game is certainly more fun when you're shooting a lower score. And if you go forward a set of tees or two sets of tees, and all of a sudden now you're hitting a, you know eight or nine iron into a hole rather than than five iron or you know five wood, yeah. Um, you're, all of a sudden you're hitting more greens, you're shooting a lower score, and and the game's more enjoyable. And you know, I I always you know I don't get to play a lot of golf, and when I most of my golf I end up playing. Uh, you know, overseas in Scotland, right? And 
because of that, I, I, I've gotten much less concerned with score. And I, I really, I, I call it my good, good shot quotient. And as long as I hit, you know, enough good shots in the round of golf, I'm going to be pretty happy. But if I focus on, on hitting those, just hitting those good shots and moving to the next one, all of a sudden I, I find out I put, I shoot some pretty good scores. So uh, a lot of times if we can get away with, get away from worrying about score and uh, just, you know, hitting good golf shots, uh, we play better golf. Yeah, it's a good mindset just for the game as well. I'm sure for your young students to focus on the on the uh, ten ten really really good shots that they hit that day or whatever the case might be. But uh, good positive frame of mind. No question. You know, I had a I had an interesting conversation with with a couple of the high school players the other day, and um, you know, talking about uh, they both had they both shot very good scores. Uh, but they were both like very disappointed. They shot, they shot their lowest scores of the year, both of them. But they were both extremely disappointed with the way they played. And I asked them, "Well, you, you know, you both shot your personal best for the year. How how could you be that disappointed?" And both of them made the comment, "Well, we, you know, one of them, you know, shot a, a really good score on the front nine. But then on the back nine, they they didn't play, you know, they didn't play as well. And the other one played pretty good throughout the round of golf, and then finished with three or three or four bogeys in a row to finish the round. Yet they both they both walked away not feeling good about their round, and and you know, being disappointed and frustrated. <laughs> so you 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 really have to take. You don't. You never want to finish around that way. But you know, if if you would have, if you you know, if let's say your your best for the year was seventy eight, and you went out and if somebody told you in the first tee you shot seventy eight today, you'd be before you ever played, you're you're fairly happy with that round of golf. You bet. Well, that you know, so that the the series of holes that add up to that seventy eight. You know the pars, birdies, and bogeys are all going to fall somewhere within that round, and so whether they, whether you make four bogeys to start the round or four bogeys to end the round, you shoot the same score, and so you have you have to take the mindset that, you know, if if your goal is to shoot or your average score or a good score is X those scores are going to fall within that round of golf and that's kind of where where your average is and you're you're going to make better scoring breakthroughs if you can let the shots fall where they are when you let's say you do make a couple bogeys in a row or a double you can't get those back but just you have to move on to the next shot and the next hole without trying to make up for the the last shot because you can't get that back, and just plot your way around the golf course without trying to play more aggressively than you're capable of playing. And if you do that, all of a sudden you're going to shoot a lot better scores, and you're going to feel better about your game. If you feel better about your game, you know that allows you to play better later. But when when you get uh, you know when you get upset, it's like road rage, and you don't think as clearly. Uh, and you're, you're you're not going to play as well. No, nobody plays well when they're angry. So 
Yeah, exactly right. All right, Chris, good show. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Mac. That's Chris Foley. You've been listening to Lakes Woods and Irons. Uh, we'd also like to thank Kerry Cosby, uh, director of golf, golf at Southern Hills, where they've got the PGA Championship going on this weekend, and he managed to take some time out of his busy schedule for us this month. Thanks again to Kerry Cosby. Chris is a good pal. The reason we can get him on the show. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.